let's see how YouTube uh, transcription messes this up. Hello and herschels willkommen zum Auf die Fresse, the WXW Review Podcast in English. I'm Ian Hamilton, joined as always by Mike Kilby. And Mike, how's it going? Oh, good, man. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's a, another another bumper uh, week or so, sort of in the world of WXW. So two very good shows, and uh, yeah, excited to talk for them. Yeah, we've got a bunch of news, of course, coming out, Broken Rules and Wheel of Wrestling 33, which, of course, we'll cover this week. Uh, but what if, well, I guess we may as well start about We've got some spoilers uh, within, so we'll start with uh, names being announced for upcoming shows. Uh, the Outer Hungry qualified for the World Tag Team Festival. Uh, they beat Maggot and Vincent Heisenberg at that Wheel of Wrestling 33. Yeah, we know it's going to be Bobby Guns and Michael Knight. Uh, Bobby Guns uh, bludgeoned up his leg at Broken Rules, but kind of forced to change the cards. Uh, but yeah, I was hungry in, and I guess you know stuff we're going to talk about on the show today. A uh, bit of an all-brainer. Yeah, for sure. Um, and um, you know, a team which uh, at the last tag fest they were involved in. Am I right there? Uh, that was yeah, 2019. 2019. Yeah, they had a very very good performance. Um, Icarus uh, flew close to the ceiling lights, lost his wings, and did a dive off the balcony. Um, yeah, it was it was all that. I think they're a perfect addition to it, and you know, by far, I think in the conversation for best team in Europe, um, can't think of well apart from maybe the odd one, maybe in the UK, can't really think of anybody that much better. So um, yeah, I think they're they're a, they're a natural fit for it, really. Another team announced uh, the Calamari Drunken Kings of Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi. They've been a team since Brooks went to DDT back in 2019. That feels a long time ago now. Uh, they're currently the Gattle Move Asia Dream Tag titles. I think Chris is doing some gimmick on Twitter where he's counting up the number of days they've been champ. About 120 odd now, but sure by the time this goes, it'll be a lot higher. Uh, they've also held DDT's tag team titles between March and May this year. So two teams in there. I think that's alongside, was it Violence uh, Forever and Iwie and Arbe. So Got half field already, you reckon? Yeah. Um, so, is, is it is it eight eight that's going in? Eight because it's half of sixteen yeah. cars. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think um, Brooks Brooks is, is a bit of a Brooks and um, Takanashi is obviously a bit of a no brainer. I think Brooks is a. I think before anywhere else, he was a WXW guy. Really, um, can't think of. At least, sort of in the British sense, WXW is where he sort of first broke out. I feel outside of the Midlands. So, yeah, yeah for me, it's a bit of a no-brainer having them in as well, like the Arrows. Um, bit of a homecoming month really for him because he's back for. I think it's Progress. He's he's back yeah, for Progress. He's doing Birmingham. I think that one's sold out. Yeah, um, I don't. He's a drawn Progress now. Well, he, he well he is a draw. Always was, yeah. But I'm saying, like in terms of uh, Progress and. Of- actually selling out a venue, I think that's the first one since their return shop. Yeah, for sure. And and the other thing is that I, I don't really know how long he's over for or if he's gotta come back to do visa stuff or whatever, or if he, is he back permanently, we don't know. But um yeah it, it for me it's a it's a it's a great great decision. I think I'm very excited to sort of see how he's moved on in the three years because I have to admit I'll be completely interested I've not watched him since he's left. Um, I don't know if he's any better. Is he, you know, he, he might. I'm very excited to see him because I just, I don't know, I don't know what, what's changed. And it's almost like 
meeting, uh, seeing a, a friend you've not seen since school or something like that. It's it's kind of a sort of see, are they still going to have the things you liked about them or? Yeah, that's that's the thing that's quite exciting for me. So yeah, that's going to be a good good addition to the t- to the uh, weekend. Some other names: uh, Master Slamovich and Orshi have been announced for October's Femme Fatales. Uh, again, you know, one you know, pretty big name. Masha's been you know, doing rounds in Impact and you know, pretty big on the Indies. Orshi, I think we spoke last time, you know, pretty uh, clear with uh setting up the big things in the Well regarded, yeah, yeah. So. And spoiler alert, you do have a match on the Wheel of Wrestling that's dropping this week. So I'm not, there's a lot of water going to the bridge before now in October, but I would not be surprised if the final is that being rematched. Depending um, on it depends, depends on surprised. who else comes, really, I suppose. Um, there's quite a, yeah, I think, it, I think it all depends on who sort of turns up to the tournament. Um, I know that there's, a few American workers in Europe that weekend. Um, so there might be a few that, that might turn up because I know they have, um, what's the one in Doncaster? Is it 1PW? That's the same weekend. 1PW is on the first box, but I don't know yeah. if that clashes. Um, I, I think that, actually might, that might clash with the tag Femme Fatale, actually. So completely disregard what I've just said. But yeah, I, I, anyway, there, there, there will be quite... There's always sort of people over, and you know, there's plenty of people you could get in. And you, you know, I'd love to see sort of maybe a Giselle Shaw maybe come in, or a, or a, um, I don't know, a Lana Austin, I think, has been doing some good stuff in sort of progress as well. And you kind of think if there's, if there is still the, the, uh, the cross, cross uh, channel relationship between progress and WXW, you kind of think that having sort of some of the big women from the UK in that tournament it would be a good 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 idea. Well say like I say there's a lot more wrestling to be done between now and October. Yeah. Uh, before then we've got shortcut to the top, just for one name announced so far in Carinoir. Don't expect all thirty names to be announced. WXW tend to bring back guys from the past days. I think Pad was it uh, Dirty Dragon a couple of years back. Uh, Mike Schwartz won it even not two years ago. You know so don't expect this being all you no know, full time roster guys. You can have some people who you know come in just for weekend and that's it. But um Carl Noir, you know, at least you know, in terms of being a former carrot winner, a strong first name for the lineup this year. Yeah, and I think you know, there's I think especially for like guns, it was it was a real launch pad, I think, for him beyond sort of where he was. Um Mikey Schwartz's shock win was, for me, was was great because it set up that really, really, really good feud with Bobby Guns. Um, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Yearn's win was a great return, um, and Thatcher's sort of return as well. It's it's a good one for a return winner, really, isn't it? And um, there's there's plenty of people it could who could be. And what what better way to sort of Announce announce a big main event for Tag Fest because usually the winner of Shortcut gets the the um, the October um, main event uh, title match. So you know if you if you bring in there, I don't know somebody from who's recently released or not. I'm not saying just Tim or anything like that, but you bring in sort of anybody and you have them win Shortcut and you've immediately got a chance for a 
bloody good main event if as long as you have the sort of the right champion. So again, more names will be getting announced there. A bit further ahead, jumping all over the calendar here. Uh, looking at Carrot next year, uh, works to be announced. I think so. today, front row and VIP festival passes are gone, so that's coming to every show but in a circle. Uh, there's about 10 tum passes for row two and three. I mean, got about nine months before this, so the fact that we've you know, sold well, front, second, third, nearly, and VIP stuff this far out, not bad going considering everything going on. It's good going, and um. I can't, think about, I can't think about carrot. I can't think about carrot uh, tickets until I've done tag fest. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was actually quite early getting carrot tickets this past time because I actually got them in November, which is the earliest I've ever uh, bought or arranged anything. But because uh, I normally wait till about January. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit too. I mean, I've not arranged. I've not even booked anything for tag fest yet. So. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Take to do about tickets for carrot. My yard, yeah. yeah, I've got my flights booked and I'm very nervous just with everything going to the airports. Like, uh, you know, well, you to be fair, me and you are quite, so are quite lucky. Me and you are quite lucky in the sense that we could get the train from where we live, it's yep. perfectly doable. So, <laughs> and I have done it in reverse. I was just hoping not spent like I've seen the images at T4 where we've got like the um, baggage reclaim just full of suitcase because not, there's been delays and people not sorting. So hopefully that's not quite as bad in October and we nor we end up in a situation of things three three hours being those poor sods. There's a retro uh start this month they had was like a six hour flight day. Like they end being diverted from Luton to East Midlands and then had to get the train down. For the 229 show yeah and i think saw it was similar issues coming back from southampton last weekend um so yeah so right now it feels wrestling and flying in, in and out of the uk is pretty snake bit but yeah i, I think uh, there's lots of reasons for that i think yeah and we aren't a politics podcast although I'm pretty sure ben from two say will probably torn apart but um Going to something a little bit lighter, and uh, something that popped up really short notice last week, Brain Slam. So this it wasn't really a to be branded show. I guess it was them helping put on a show for vans. We what vans? But like, what do you call them? Like uh, trainers? We're not really trainers, are they? Uh, vans. Vans is a, um, a skateboarding brand. Um, so fashion, but mainly, mainly. Um, Known for known for the shoes and sort of general skateboarding equipment and it, well, it, you'd know what vans are. <laughs> yeah, so vans. You, uh, I don't know if they're if they're a bit a bit new, newfangled for you, Ian. <laughs> not bad, old mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we worked with vans, Youth's Twitch channel, and uh, Brain Dead Pan for a Los Angeles artist collective. Blame yeah. Wikipedia, that's wrong. But we did something with vans on Twitch this on uh, Friday night. Uh, some surprising names on there. Now, commentary for had Dave Bradshaw doing commentary with a guy called Alhan, who I yeah. guess is a streamer from what I can find out. Yeah, I don't know who he is, really, uh, but uh, I got the impression he wasn't a wrestling person. Um, no, I mean, like, very early on you get the, is it fake, does it hurt kind of questions, which, I mean, all credit to Dave Bradshaw, I mean, there are ways you could have responded to that, you know, and just being super kayfabe, like, 
think it was the first match, and we'll just go through the results, but like first match ended with uh, Dreisker hitting a, a Dreisker bomb. And Jason, oh, well, that's a broken rib, so it's going to hurt. It's like, no, it's the kind of thing where if you don't know, what you don't know ain't going to hurt you, that kind of thing. But at the same time, it's also, you know, you see wrestling any mainstream coverage, it's always taken that slant of, oh, it's not real, it's fake, it's coordinated, it's this. You know, it's also those kind of questions which, you know, especially these days, very tricky to dance around about making you or your person look an absolute idiot. Yeah, I think um, I think overall, like the the card the the card was the match quality was. We'll, we'll go into the matches. Not going to do a deep dive on it because it's not really WXW. But I think it, everything was good. Um, everything else, sort of the, all the stuff in between, was very um, was it, it wasn't really. Um, but then I don't think wrestling fans were really the audience for it. I did see um, a few wrestling shirts there. It was like a zero one thing with the Suzuki shirt. So it wasn't all I don't say normies, but it wasn't it wasn't like we just round up people off the street from the you know Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. There were some wrestling fans there, but yeah, you could you could tell I'm I'm gonna get slaughtered this comparison. It's almost like the kind of crowd Eve attracted, you know, the night out kind of crowds. Well, in a way that's what you want. Uh, and the Let's let's face it on on the Friday night of of Paris Fashion Week, WXW managed to attract trendy people to a wrestling show. Well, sorry, Vans Vans managed to attract trendy people to a wrestling show, which I think, if anything, it's exciting that the brand of Vans sees wrestling as a worthwhile medium for advertising yeah um so i think from that sort of perspective it's very interesting i know they've done uh wxw have done corporate gigs in the past they've done um obviously they do the the german comic-con thing in dortmund which i think is kind of the same sort of thing uh non-canon stuff and they also did um sort of the shows in berlin remember right a few years ago sorry it was like a hotel um... I would say it was like some company awards evening thing. I remember. Yes, uh, they did. Um, they did it for effectively. I think the German version of B and Q, or wherever it is. Um, that was so. They've done this sort of thing in the past. So I mean, it was obviously like a corporate job, but um, but I thought, yeah, the, and the card was way better than it had any right to be. Um, it yeah, could I mean, have very. You could have very easily chucked out Heisenberg versus. Um, Heisenberg versus Tristan Archer as the main event, and go right. Yeah, there you go. We put Vans have done some wrestling, but they brought some bloody good names in. I mean, they, to be fair to Wexford, we didn't advertise the cards. I think it was no. what just after just for six o'clock our time, they threw the match graphic up. And the first thing jumped off the page: Swerve Strickland against Axel Tischner the main event. You what, guys? It was a tables match, wasn't it as well? Um, I know they're doing some weird poll stuff. Like it, was, it was almost like Cyber Sunday. A Cyber Sunday or whatever it is. Ch- yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, Cyber Sunday, yeah. which, I mean, it, it worked. And again, it's, I think I saw someone comment, you know, it's where you get the mainstream's attention with props, which is, yeah. you know, I can't complain. But um, yeah, we'll go quickly down through the cards, so opening match. I think they had this on the graphics of Six Man, and then both yeah, teams had off and out, which just confused the hell out of everyone. 
uh, but Robert Dreisker, Norman Harris, Vincent Heisenberg, and Kuro from APC in Paris. Beat Danny Frey, Rotation, Rick Salem, and Tiago Montero in the opener. It's a decent match. Um, I think a lot of chaos. And I think maybe a few too many bodies for, uh, not Dave, but for um, Alan to just get used to. There was a lot, go- especially when they were told the six man and turned to an eight man. I kind of moved them a bit, but there were plenty of bodies flying and you know, good old fashioned chaos to get the show off and run them. Uh, second match, Tristan Archer. Yeah, uh... Sorry, go on. Second match, yeah, Tristan Archer defended the WXW Unified World Wrestling title in a street fight over Igor Blanc. Again, that one had a lot, you know, a lot better than I was expecting. You know, bear in mind, I don't want to use the casual word, but a non-wrestling crowd, street fight, this could have been, you know, not just a walk and ball kind of thing, but yeah, pretty damn good for a guy who usually wouldn't be in the title picture. Yeah, and no, I suppose it's. It, I think also from the perspective of, um, as I say, we're a company that's showing off wrestling. You've got somebody with a very, very unique look in Nigel Leblanc, um, and it looks good going against sort of a local guy as the champion. Moved into a women's match, or she beat Ivor Klasky. I think that's one we've been doing a few times now. Obviously, Yoshi de- uh, debuted in a circle, losing to Eva, so a bit of role reversal there. Another one was a bit surprising. Sense of Auto beating Kid Lycos. Not so much result, but just Kid Lycos randomly being on this card out of nowhere. Yeah, um, quite a long match out of here, wasn't it, as well? Um, but yeah, it was, um, that's what I was sort of saying. It was a bit of a strange sort of show um, with Lycos turning up. It wasn't really... <laughs> it was kind of a because as I said, they kind of—I think you said it on Twitter—they buried the lead, and they kind of said they didn't really advertise anything. And then you look at it, it's like, well, where the hell does that come from? <laughs> I've Strickland over Axel Tisch main event. Um, now I guess this is, wasn't really a WXW show, so we can kind of cut out the, his first match in WXW since let's not go there. But I mean, this is still on the Vans Twitter. I looked early today, so not going. You to can Twitter. still watch it. Yeah, oh, it's no. well worth Even if you just watch the main event, maybe this entire card, I mean, two hours of wrestling for free. You know, if you don't like the commentary, you know, not put it on mute, but can I say for free, two hours of wrestling, you know, damn good card. I mean, well, it's not a two hour show. Sorry? I would have paid money to watch the show live. Yeah, if this was a, um, if this was, and this is the thing which I liked about this show is that if this is a look into, the fight forever concept that's coming up that's very exciting um because it's this is um just counting up so this was it was a two-hour card but really there was about an hour and a half yeah because we did stuff like no a lot of dead server stuff they did um was like a fashion parade where you had wrestlers and fought in the gear no and alan dave bradshaw which were like Rotation played an absolute T, God love him. Uh, but I think Salan just, he doesn't like singlets. I think that's one thing we took away. He just didn't like the singlets look. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, that was, yeah, it was, it was, um, I, I think you could, it's worth, it's worth checking out. That's what kind of the main thing is. It could have very easily been, okay, that wasn't worth my time. But I'm glad that 
I did watch it because I think it's the matches are good enough. It's something that I maybe need to somebody maybe needs to find out how to download it so it doesn't get lost forever, which I worry may happen. Um, especially for the main and the uh, especially for the main, I think the main was perfectly good. Um, likewise for the uh, title match, Street Fight, I'd like to. I think that should really be tried and kept by somebody uh, for the same reason because it's it's a title match which you know runs the risk of disappearing. I mean, imagine it being recorded by WXW, but again, you know, I don't know if this is going to be, I don't say tidied up, but edited down and put on WXW now on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, like I say, as we, as we were speaking and recording this now, it's still up on Vans Europe Twitch. You know, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes if I remember, but have a look for it. It's there, you know, worth your time, and like I say, it's free, so you know, everybody wins. Yeah, perfectly free, and as, as I said, it's... Uh... Um, re- I was sort of reading through one of the German forums and uh, the other day about this show, and they were sort of saying that, yeah, they w- it was. I think overwhelmingly the uh, the review of the show was positive. So, because um, I always kind of wonder if I live in a bit of a bubble with sort of that thing, but looking in from like the the British perspective, but yeah, overwhelmingly positive from what I can see. Yeah, just looking on uh, Cage Match, uh, it was just one rating right now, 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, it's confusing. I found the right Twitch channel, the WX3 YouTube announced the event and teaser. Fortunately, I have a live Twitch version I missed, but it doesn't matter. Um, this, I have a feeling maybe a Google Auto Translate fail, but I'm, I'm going to read anyway. Horny TV show, all recommendations. That's Guile. This Guile one. means awesome. Well, this is what Google's uh, translation has. Yeah. Guile is a word that means horny and awesome at the same time. Google. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. No, again, can't you know, give it enough recommendation. But uh, what we'll move on to, though, uh, we've got two shows from the Turbine Hub that's been released, uh, taped about a fortnight ago. Uh, Broken Rules, Wheel of Wrestling Fed Free. But we'll start the uh, marquee event, Broken Rules. Uh, started off with the surprise benefit scramble. Uh, Orshi beat for rotation, Idle Blanc, Hector Invictus, Masha Slamovich, and Peter Dahani, just over 10 minutes. Uh, Orshi gets that Benvital spot as a reward. Um, in this one, was a latest change. Idle Blanc in for Bobby Guns. Uh, Sensible, also, we said last show, out of surgery. So they just did a straight swap relation with the card. But yeah, perfectly fine uh, scramble to open the show. Yeah, um, and the, the the note I sort of made when I was watching it is that um, Hector is very quietly a very very good multi man wrestler. Yeah, um, he he was he's kind of showed the same thing um, in the sixteen carat one he had it was either twenty twenty or yeah it would have been twenty twenty where he was in sort of the multi mans. Then he also did the same at this past carrot, and I think he's very quietly very competent sort of doing the multi man. He's not. He's never the focus of the matches, but I, I always sort of notice that he's always doing a really good job. He's kind of a balloon, uh, these kind of things. Yeah, um, he can base for the sort of the the lucha style wrestlers really, really well, and I think he's very giving. Um, and especially when you when you have somebody like Orshi, who's maybe not quite. She's still. I mean, let's face it. She's been wrestling for not very long at all. I think he was very giving to somebody who really isn't. She's she's excellent and he's a prodigy, but she's still she it, she. He was definitely 
he was definitely a net positive on that match rather yep. than the other way around. Uh, second match, Lavaniel over Psycho Mike, 11 minutes. This was mostly comedy, uh, maybe a bit long as well, but aside yeah. Mike's little gimmick and over doing body slams, I mean, he's still over Oberhausen, which I think you're going to get till the end of time. It was more over than um, it was in Hamburg. Yeah, that was uh, very telling, but um, yeah, Lavaniel's still on the, you know, uh, proved to be better kind of thing, but um, yeah, it was fine. Again, I think this is the one where when they put the card up, it was also Lavaniel, also Psycho Mike said, well, you've got no other names, may as well make that match, and lo and behold, that's what you have. Yeah, and they did a kind of funny thing with the whole um, Psycho Mike comes out at the beginning with stealing, <laughs> he stole Lavaniel's microphone, so that that obviously set up a bit of an edge at the start when Lavaniel like shouts at him and makes him cry. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was wasn't brilliant really as a match, I don't think. Uh, but it was a comedy thing, and I think these things have their place. Um, was that it, thing? It was start? a bit of a sorry. Okay. So it was a thing. The start from after you saw the mics and you know the crowd was cheering. Like, wow, I'm really popular. Can't believe nobody's ever thought of doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's just uh, it seems a bit of a shame to have I think you warmed up the crowd with the benefit scramble and then you've immediately cooled them down with sort of this match and I think that's probably the placement of this on the card really isn't ideal it's not where I probably would have put it um, but yeah otherwise it was perfectly perfectly fine um, it wasn't I say, wasn't brilliant um, but you know, it was all right. <laughs> Move on, then. Got Carnois submitting Axel Tisher, same amount of time, 11 and a half minutes. Um, this one I thought we didn't really get into a high again. You no, know, to me, you know, decent match. And then I think it's it for uh, Hamburg Grunschband, they've announced a rematch, so yeah, go figure. Um, yeah, decent match. In fact, we've already announced a rematch, they're going to make this a you know, bit of a series. Um, yeah, no, not. Absolutely fantastic, like save was clearly saving stuff for rematches, but um, yeah, decent enough. Yeah, I think this was probably the, I think this was probably the best on the show. Um, well, I think it's tied really, sort of for the best on the show, but the um, it was it was a bit of a um, it, it, they got they got a lot more in in the eleven minutes than the match beforehand. Um, I think the the only issue with this Karanoa Tisha thing is I think I've seen this match enough now that I don't need necessarily need to see it anymore. Um, if they are going into a bit of a series thing, then okay, yeah, fair enough. But I, I kind of feel like I've seen it now. I don't really need to see it much more. Especially with you know, so often no one after the other as well, like the end yeah. Uh, last man standing, Jörn Simmons over Vincent Heisenberg in 17 minutes. Um, I don't know where you want to start on this one. I mean, clearly right guy won. But I think for me, love this. It's that awkward thing of, from the two, you know, Heisenberg, they're not doing anything with outside of this. Jörn, we're trying to keep, I don't say keeping hot or keeping there, thereabouts in the title picture. But I, I don't think at any point I ever believed Heisenberg was going to win this. Uh, no, especially now that Maggot and Allison have 
face them, baby face themselves, and Heisenberg is still kind of a heel. Um, there was no. I think if if all three of them were heels still, I might have maybe bought that our Maggot and Allison, you know, screw over Yearn, and then you maybe get like Yearn and Maggot have a sort of a thing over the title or something like that. You know, you could have maybe done something like that, but because like Maggot's baby faced himself now, you can't really do that. Um, it was it it felt long. Um, this match it kind of ambled along a little bit. Um, the the yearn intensity that I think we've kind of grown in the recent it, over the last year or so that the intensity that yearns put put into this into his style kind of wasn't really showing through on this one. I think you know bits as well like you know we did do a lot of stuff you know the usual you know walking through all stuff you get in the last man standing stuff and a lot of stuff of chairs. There's that thing where uh, Yearn was cable ties. He tied Heisenberg to the post with for some chair shots. Yeah, it and was a bit. Obviously, you can't win a last man standing match if the guy's not tied for ring post standing up. But yeah, you can't do that. Um, I can't remember what the other spots were. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It it was it wasn't the best Simmons um, sort of false count everywhere match sort of thing I can think of. You know, I remember the. Um, the hair versus hair, no, well, the street fight, sorry, that he had with Star at Fan 2018. I thought that was a very, very good one, and I don't think this one even went anywhere near as good as that one. Um, different time period, obviously, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I feel like, yeah, it, it didn't really do much for me, to be honest. We move on, men. Uh, mixed tag Sebastian Suave and Klasky beat Baby Allison and Maggot. Uh, just over 10 minutes, and no, I think when this one came up, I can't remember was, was the women's title match already announced at this point or for the Wheel of Wrestling. It just to me it just seemed weird how this was announced. It's like, well, clearly you've got two shows after this. You're setting up two title matches, and lo and behold, well, they got there. I think they now they obviously announced the shotgun one afterwards with uh, your mate Norman, but um, yeah, I mean, at least in the bubble of those three shows, it did stop. Yeah, um, as I say, I think the fact that they're kind of doing this sort of the double taping format at the moment, um, sort of it gives. You kind of do need to have title matches on them shows, so I feel that they had to sort of set something up, and it's an ongoing. It would it would doesn't make sense to just throw like a random a random uh, sort of title match without something a little bit the day before. Yeah, um, yeah, I was thrown out a card name, or, no, a match where. You've at least got the option to build, and then maybe sell ticks for the day after. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they say, you know, there might be people who've gone, gone on Saturday night and gone, sure, that was bloody good. I might, and I've not got anything on tomorrow. I might come out tomorrow, and I think that's you kind of need to leave a bit of a tease. Give something that somebody's going to be excited to see the following day. So after that, we had a elimination tables match. Works uh, with tag team titles. Uh, Mikhail Schenkenberg and Nikita Charisma defeated Bobby Guns and Michael Knight. And I don't know where I've just come up. Why is this a tables match, Mike? Have I missed something? Like, yeah, I don't. 
I don't see the reason for it. Um, it kind of felt like a stip for the stake of a stip. Um, and obviously, at the end, Bobby Guns and all cut himself. I mean, he's, he's working again. I think he worked uh, bodies on. Yeah, he worked in Belgium weekend, uh, this so. past weekend, so he is fine. Um, really, My in God, that was scary. Just, just watching on demand, you, I, mean, I saw photos on the night. It's like, yeah. Jesus, how did that? Oh, I mean, was that early? So, first elimination for Only Friends. Uh, Knight literally had a table thrown at his face. Yeah, it was very innovative. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, Pat was there's a power bomb through the table and it's like Pat just cut his leg up. Yeah. Um, I mean, the match itself was fine, but, you know, the body count scared me. Yeah, it, it felt high risk. It felt high risk for the sake of being high risk. And I think the issue maybe is that um, without this, the only. Um, broken rules style match would have been the last man standing match, which wasn't, which really had no real stake in it. Um, so, yeah, I think they could, if this had just been, if this had just been um, WXW trophy, uh, Parade of Champions or whatever it is, because there's that other one, isn't there? The Driver of Champions, yeah. Driver of Champions or something, they probably wouldn't have made this a table match. I feel like they were kind of backed into a, and to be honest, I don't think Simmons. How Heisenberg would have been a last man standing either, to be honest. Yeah, like they kind of got backed into this by by the sort of the the gimmick of the show. So I think with that, it's um, doing. But it was the, the table match wasn't bad. I think along with the Tisha match, I think this was probably sort of my joint too. Um, the the angle that Guns went through the table kind of was asking for trouble. Um, you just don't do. You don't do um, you don't go through a table at that angle. It's just not a dumb thing. Same up mind. The um, band show we talked about earlier was exactly the same kind of you know, going down like come to flush the table rather than side on. And I thought, guys, that's brave. Considering what happened the week, you no know, two weeks and, before. Yeah, and now that they've they find out, so the fact that they've done that, say literally a week later, is kind of like, oh, come on, what was the reason for that? But um, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, Guns you know, it was well for him. He had to miss the uh, Wheel of Wrestling takings for next night for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, and I guess we hold Guns tonight. Have it? You know, if they're going to do a qualify for um, Tag Festival, I guess we'll see. There's a lot more wrestling to go on. Uh, main event: Jonathan Gresham beat Robert Dreisker by disqualification in ten minutes. This one didn't think really got going, but let's be honest, the story was really what overtook all of this at the end. Um, do you want to say anything else you want to talk about for match, or should we just jump straight to the end of the show? I'm happy to just go straight to the end of the show because it was just a standard book DQ finish, wasn't it? So, yes, we had Dreisker. No, he so was, doing, was doing fairly well, but then he you know, decided to walk out. Um, I'm looking at my report here for names. He had uh, Peter Tahani, Rotation, Danny Frey, Eli Bloom, Oshie Nigel Blanc. Stopping him at one end of the building, yeah. So he decides to go up the aisle, and they've got Icarus Dover and Lawrence Roman you not know, trying to you know, stop them and you know, scare them back to the ring. Then you have the big marched ringside, the oh, oh, you are your fault now, Robert. And then, of course, it's a swerve. Uh, the arrows and Lawrence hit the ring, all four of them beat on uh, Jonathan Gresham, Bezzy DQ. And the bit for cliffhanger to end the show, and yeah, that whole thing we saw was 
get which short was where the you know, arrows and Lawrence were in the um, pre-show dressing room. I guess we know, of course, on that pre-show dressing room. Yeah, and I think that there was a bit of a because um, I suppose this goes into the next show, so we can carry on sort of talking about it yep. in general. Um, the last show we did, we basically said we spent about ten minutes saying there's no direction for Avalanche, there's no direction for the Arrows, and Lawrence Roman is criminally underrated. Um, and old. <laughs> I don't have the book, honestly. So, um, Middle of Wrestling Thirty Three opened with. Um... So the group's called Amboss, which is German for Anvil. Yeah, uh, it's got you no know, swank new gear. Uh, they all interrupted Tommy Geese and opened the show. Uh, just picked out a few lines from the promo. Now show's dropped in English with subtitles. Dreisker uh, feels so good to finally not be the only person here who addresses and applauds this mediocrity. Um, he's renounced the name for Avalanche, and I feel I've been seen here, Mike. Because you're far too stupid to remember a German name and need an English word to remember it. Why do you need? Why do you feel seen? Well, the slip of the tongue on the last show. What did you say on the last show? I accidentally called him Avalanche. Oh, I've still been calling him Avalanche. This is gimmick, man. Uh, he spelled out his name, obviously, for the, uh, for, for the ironically, the German crowd. Um, Arrows, you no. Know, the best uh, tag team in the world, even though they don't shout about like others on Twitter, Aussie Open, FTR, whoever you want to you know, insert each pot shots at here. And he said, yeah, Lawrence Roman, um, no, underrated, he's been a pre-show for years. And he said about how you know, WXW, the office, haven't given a crap about me for nine years. I paint my face like a raccoon. And then he put Disco King Frankie out of a job, Mike. Well, him that kind of crowd, but um, so yeah, Vash Bear's gone, and yeah, Amboss four man stable. They you know set their stall up, they're rebuilding, they reclaim, they're reshaping, and yeah, the, the big challenge re- they have is that this, this is, and I would include Roman in this as well. This is four very popular workers for WXW, and I think Roman maybe a lesser level, but I think. I think unanimously sort of amongst the the smart German fans, Roman's kind of one of these guys that a lot of people go... You know, I always get like, you know, a bit like Connor Mills sort of over in the UK. It's like he's one who's like, he's, he's at a good level, but he's just never really had that shot to go the next level up. Yeah. And, and like he's... he's Ilya's protege, isn't he, effectively? Um, yeah, like, uh, I forget what we're called now, like, we see the name pop a lot. Like, he does a well, lot. He's, he's from the Next Step school. Academy, isn't he? Uh, he's Tisha and he's from Tisha's sort of school. Yeah, from so Next... uh, Tisha and Rick Baxter, the old yeah. Um, Shringer Club. Yeah, the Shringer Club. So he's, he's sort of from that, that sort of school, which, by my book, apart from the Academy, is the best school in Germany. Um, I think thing of Roman, like, so... He has been around a fair while, but I mean, again, I know cage match, especially on like... Well, he's retired a few times. A certain level of wrestling doesn't list everything, like you're not going to get like a holiday camp shows and what have you. Like, he retired in 2019. Um, Like, he retired as the Next Step champion, then he came back June, no, 
midway through the pandemic for Unlimited. Um, and it's only really been since you no know, came back with fans that he's really been you know, something of a regular to Brexit, would you say? Like he did True Colors last year in Dresden. Uh, not well, he's always done the he's always done the Saxony shows. Um, yeah, but like, as far as doing you not know, away from being whatever, like he's done again. My I'm going to get off my you no know, lack of knowledge of German of Germany, but like we did like Wheel of Wrestling over Carrot Weekend. Um, no warm up in Frankfurt, you know, uh, via you know, so he's been a lot been a lot more than just to be Saxony shows, but again, you no, know, you've got a guy who a lot of people may only have seen him as the guy who had you no know, had had a special song sung for him on the way to ring it um uh, in a few years back. You know, the first non cursed wrestling Deutschland show. Yeah, um yeah, I as I said, I th- I, I kinda don't call him I don't call him underrated, sort of lightly. Um, I think there's always, and I think you kind of said about it in the promo, and annoyingly, I say everything I agree, everything in the promo I do agree with um, yep. again. Um, but the, um, I think the real challenge for for this group is when they get to the weekenders. Is obviously they're they're a hill group, but Ayaris are hungry, are incredibly popular. Avalanche is incredibly popular with traveling fans. He has to. He almost has to on the first day of Tagfest, come out and basically cut down everybody who travels. Otherwise, Amboss is pretty much like it just runs the risk of being cheered. Yeah. Um, because with unless unless he does unless he comes out and basically says you traveling people you only you, you know you, he kind of pretty much needs to do that. He he almost definitely needs to do it, and it's. Without, unless he does do that, he's <laughs> they might run into a bit of trouble going towards that. Um, well, you know what both of us look like, so yeah, and, uh, I, I give I, I opt in to that if it needs to be done, it I opt into it, but uh, <laughs> because like say, you know, Roman's not I would say regularly some main shows, but you know, three of the you know, top uh, good guys in the W, you've basically flipped. So you, I wouldn't say you've got a massive hole in the roster in that sense, but you've got room for a lot of names to move up to fill that void. And yeah, yeah. Again, like I say, you've got you've we've got the issue with potentially you can have the smart ass fans, you know, cheering because I mean we've said when even when Dreisker before we did podcasts, when Dreisker was I don't want to say workshopping this, but the first shock and twenty twenty stuff, where he was being the surly veteran. No, yeah. being a little bit harder on. He's the never not been news. justified in his actions. It's all justified, yeah. and and all this, like, well, the best bad guys. There's a valid reason behind. It's not just. It's not be why not. Why should I do this? You people don't deserve to. You know that kind of template, non-answer stuff. You can say, you know, like, no, maybe part reality, part not. You no, know, some some names have been and gone. Maybe weren't. You no. Know, their own merit, maybe. Again, I, I'm not going to, you know, putting thought up, but just in terms of looking for, you know, the locker rooms become like a hobby club, I think is what Dover called us. So it's that feeling of, you know, we don't know what's, what's going on, but clearly for something like that, it's not something that's being pulled up as backside. Yeah, and you can, you, I think over time, do you, 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 do you maybe get the whole thing about, um, 
you, I could see them being pissed off at the imports. I can see that being a thing because, you know, they, they can do the whole thing of, you know, we're here every single every single show and then somebody flies in from Japan or somebody flies in from the UK and walks straight into a title match, for it's example. It's going to be held a story for Tag Fest yeah. weekend, even, even just three hours. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the... Um, that's that's sort of the the thing you kind of look out for, but um, it's an exciting group, and I think the the first promo was um, was a good introduction, really. And of course, that bled into I guess the opening salvo, I guess you'd call it. Uh, Lawrence Roman submitting Nick Schreier in just under three minutes, not like a Goldberg squash, but it was a kind of thing where you know he needed to have him there. You know, it was a guy who's not been the regular on the shows, shows shows what he can do. He's got his finish. No, it really sets him out he's not just the fourth guy in that group, which I think they really need to do. You don't want, especially given that he really isn't established at any level in WXW, you don't have your fourth guy be you know, the guy who takes all the falls like in New Japan sense. Yeah, it's not like sort of early rise when you knew Bouncer was taking the pin. Yeah. Or, so... Um, next yeah. up then, uh, we had Axel Tischer beating Peter Honey in just over 10 minutes. This one I thought was fine. And this theme comes a bit on, you know, on the show as well. I'm guessing the Wheel of Wrestling 34 as well. Big story of this was Tihani had a bad back or an injured back from the night before. And a lot of this was if Tihani was 100%, could you have beaten Tischer? Yeah. Um, I thought I kind of I noticed that as well. And I, I feel that. As I said, Tish has very quietly turned into a very good worker, um, and he's kind of a bit of the benchmark. I think that everybody kind of needs to work towards, really, in in the company. Uh, again, like I think gatekeeper of salt, I would say, at this point. Sorry, kind of like a gatekeeper of salt. Like he's had to run of the title yeah. runs. Now he's the if you can hang with him, if you can beat also, Tisha, then you can level. beat anybody. Um, it's kind of the 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 level, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, I thought I thought um, I say if Tiani had been one hundred percent, I think he definitely could have got him. Um, it sort of was looking that way, but then there's also the veteran instinct. Tish has been wrestling since the two thousands, um, and Tiani's been wrestling for four years, or yeah. you know, four or five years. So there's sort of always that sort of working, but there's a lot of mutual respect, I think, in that sort of sense. Um, Tisha didn't kick him out of the ring, did he? And again, I think that's the kind of thing where, you know, we said before, you know, Tahani's not in for every show, but getting this kind of experience under his belt, when he does get, whether it's a shot, no, you'd expect a shotgun title first, it's going to build up. It's not just to be, hey, he had a big reaction this weekend, then we decided to, you know, hot shot Sontrum. So it's doing a slow and steady thing and giving him more experience as well, which he's going to need anyone who's given him a title belt. It's the kind of thing where you can't just, day one, he's the, he's the championship, um, you know, you knew create a connection and be a valid champion, especially with you know, some of the names who've held that belt before. But yeah, slowly, slowly, and you know, see what where Peter Tahani goes next. Um, Eidelblank beat Mikhail Schenkenberg just under seven minutes, and this one clearly they're going back to the um, bottom flop sends a idle tag match some point down the line. One sends his hands uh, injured, he's not wearing that. In back cast, you had it, um, Van Show. I don't want to say it was comically oversized, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. But anyway, this match, obviously, Idols by himself. Charisma didn't get involved too much, if at all, I don't think. But, um, you know, Clean's win is he going to get in this? Interesting five weeks out injured, though, isn't it? Um, in his rest of, I think <laughs> was he working the week after as well? Well, he's, he was working in Belgium yesterday. He won the title in Belgium yesterday. Sorry, well, this past weekend, sorry. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's obviously just recovered quicker than expected, or he's just working heavily taped up. Yeah, and... I mean, I'm look, looking at so, um Did Wheel of Wrestling in Hamburg June 3rd, Colts in Oberhaus number 4th, um, IWA in Rome the 5th, then nothing for, just say, two and a half weeks. So, yeah, he's working taped up, which... If he's able to, I'm not going to complain. I mean, it, at least for a match against Lycos, it didn't really uh, you know, dampen the style. It, it gave an obvious story for his matches. But yeah, with this one, uh, I'd guess we're going to wait until he's fully healed before they do whatever tag title match we're going to do. Clearly, we're going to do the broken rules. Um, and again, it feeds into the rotten plot thing of best tag teams around here aren't tag teams. Nice. Um, but I think there's the whole thing of like. Sorry, I think we overlapped there. Um, I think the whole thing about the sort of the tag team sort of division is that they're kind of trying to go for the. And I'm no expert in this, so I'm probably going to get crucified for this, but in the sense of back in sort of the 90s, you had the All Japan and you had the big heavyweight tag teams where it's two good singles guys together. You have your teams like Only Friends and so and so. And they work well because they're two good wrestlers. They're just together. Yeah, and I think as well, I mean, you look for the main roster now. You've got Rotten Flosh, you have the Owls. There are no other tag teams. Like, even you know, Maze Mood, and we're going to get to that next, because I saw your tweet about Moodle, uh, his match here, but it's been a while, you lost... Um, even if you want to count Itax and Abdul from Azel. You no, know, it's been a while since Wexlu's had any kind of you no know, I would say established tag teams, if you know what I mean, like any times any kind of depth in match. Um not that it's a bad thing, but it also means it's an easy pot shot for folks like Rotten Flot like ours to say, well, we're the best tag team because we're the only tag team. Yeah, and it's it's easy it's easily a, a big hole that can open up if you have couple of injuries if you know if if Schenkenberg you know pulls it pulls his shoulder and he can't wrestle you basically you're basically up the creek because you only have one one tag team left mm-hmm. so you always need to kind of be in a position where I think you've got more than enough that sort of rotating through um, I mean they did it for a while with the academy attack the WXW academy sort of as the rotating tag team that sort of worked but they just kind of, they need to just um they need to to get a few more builds so I think this is just tracking in tracking in these sort of strange bedfellow teams it, it works well I think for them at the moment and there is really a dearth in Germany for tag teams anyway at the moment I mean at a decent level and we're going to touch the um academy show there's a few tag teams there but again it's getting about level but yeah, it's definitely something they can look at. I know, obviously, for Tag Festival, we've already said there's four teams in there. You know, if they bring any others in to establish it, maybe after Tag Festival, you know, to bring new teams in and get them established. But 
yeah, see where it goes. But uh, moving on to the show, fast time Mudo over Masha Slamovich in just over 13 minutes. Close yours, Mike. Um, I'm, I'm not enjoying Mudo at all at the moment. <laughs> um, I don't really know what it is. It's just it's just not working for me anymore. Um, I thought the match was very lethargic. Um, I didn't really feel that I got much out of it. Uh, Masha, I thought, looked really good. Yep. And there was a lot of intense sort of sections in the match. But really, it just didn't it didn't grab me. Um, I don't know if you were any different to me here with this. But it was... I, it was... I've been a big fan of Masha from stuff from the Indies, like you no know, Game Changer, Beyond, what have you. I mean, of course, originally this match was going to be Masha against Bobby Guns and Mudo against Chris Ridgway. Ridgway pulled out. Bobby was injured. So... You know, two people at loose end, you put them together in resi match. I, yeah, I mean, I liked the match and went three and a quarter on it. It was no joint match for night for me, but I think a lot of it was Smasher. I don't know what it is for Mudo. I don't know if it's because you know, Stephanie Mays being injured, you know, we had the big moment of Carrot and that's been a bit rocky, but the what I saw in him last year, I mean, I did the Voices of Wrestling, the old MSM 50, and I had him on my list. It's like, uh, you know, uh, it was nearly just not just missed for cut kind of thing. I'm not seeing any of that this year in him. I don't know whether it's because he's being presented differently. I don't know whether it's because, you know, before he was building up to the tag title, you know, eventual tag title thing. I'm just not seeing it this year. I just, I just think he's just not a very likable wrestler. Like, he doesn't, I don't, um, I just don't feel that. Like... elsewhere, mind, from what I can tell you. Works was the only place he works as the, the blue eye from it word. Yeah, um, I just don't think the yeah, as I say, kind of put him as sort of a blue eyed baby face thing. I just don't think it works at all. I think he's a naturally, I, I say, I've seen him work elsewhere, um, sort of the, G, the GWF, and yeah, he's doing GWF, isn't he? Uh, uh yeah, wrestled Orku and the light heavyweight thing, else, yeah, yeah, he was sort of doing a Healy thing there, and that, that like that was a lot better. Um, I just don't think. He needs just a bit more of an edge to him, and I'm not really enjoying him at all. Um, it's almost like they're trying to make him be sort of substitute speedball, um, but it's yeah, nowhere near that. Um, and I don't think he's yeah, he just smiles too much. <laughs> too happy. Boy. God, yeah. see, private uh, Dover's on about the hobby club. <laughs> he might well be, you know. Um, I don't know. For for me, it's just it's just not working. Like it, I, I, I honestly, I, if he if he stopped wrestling for WXW, I wouldn't miss him at the way he is at the moment. I kind of don't really have anything sort of. I don't really have any positive memories of him in the last year. Like since we've had crowds back at all, I think he's just been very very pedestrian. Yeah, I think it's definitely. I don't get it kind of reboot needed. I mean, it's worked as far as establishing him, but now it's the next level of your part of the roster. Now go the next step. And I think that's a bit where it's going to be sink or swim pretty soon. Yeah, I yeah, it's just I think he's we say about the underrated, I just think he's criminally overrated, I think, at the moment. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Uh, Tag Festival qualifier, Icarus and Dover beat Heisenberg and Maggot just under seven minutes. 
Uh, short and sweet, they did the whole thing again, like with uh, Tahani earlier on. Heisenberg clean on 100% after getting twashed with chairs the night before. And um, again, Icarus and Dover in the match, there was no other result, really, was it? My question for this one, and I, I, I did write this down when I was right when I wrote, watched it, is what is the bloody point of turning Icarus and Dover and then less than 24 hours later putting him in the ring with? A very unpopular wrestler in Heisenberg. I get Maggot's popular, but Maggot's not going to have any beef with. Um, well, I don't think so, but Maggot's not going to have any beef with Amboss. Heisenberg's a heel, so you're putting heel, a heel, a new, a new, a fresh heel team against somebody who's very unpopular in Heisenberg, and Maggot, who's kind of like his own thing anyway. What's the bloody point? Only thing I can think is maybe residual stuff of Heisenberg and Avalanche from the, you know, when he walked out of the academy stuff. That's the only thing I could think. But yeah, again, originally this one was only fans against Heisenberg and Maggot. Only friends, yeah. So straight swap. But yeah, and I think that's probably why it was you know, in and out quick. And I suppose watching. the match was already booked, but I don't know. If you knew that he was going to bring Amboss in, you'd maybe would have booked them against the, you know, the rotation and. Someone else or something, you know, rotation and Orshi or something like you know, you can just do something. But it's uh, for me, I don't know. It was this was a very poor, it was a very poorly placed match. I thought the match itself was all right, Um, typical sort of arrows fodder there, but it kind of defied all logic, really, for me. Again, it's I guess the whole thing needs mustaf. Dominic with Bobby Guns very. Something really new the situation in the morning of and at that point I mean, you've got you've got in the locker room so it's it's making lemonade out of lemons but yeah I think if this was a standalone show probably wouldn't have been this match probably wouldn't even been on the show but or at least not the qualifier thing but um but yeah say so I was a hungry in tag festival uh main event Jonathan Gresham beat Tristan Archer by count out this went near enough 20 minutes of course Archer retains the directly title by count out and yeah, I think like the um uh Tisha Kawanoa match from Broken Rules, this one to me didn't really hit a high gain. I think that was mostly by design. Like a lot that you had was um Archer, you know, playing keep away. Uh then when you actually got going, it got you no know, it got to the point where I'm gonna beat you, I'm gonna beat you. It's like, well, okay, kicking out well, stuff this, I'm just gonna take the count out, screws you, screws me. I think the interesting thing about this is that the, the pre-match promo had Tristan putting over the fact that Gresham is his friend. Um, and also Gresham does say that after the match as well. Yeah. That was an interesting sort of thing to sort of come out with. Um, maybe seed for a little bit further down. And maybe that, and maybe that, that, um, that maybe lent into the more, more that lent, that lent itself more to, trying to evade rather than cheat method. Yeah. So I don't know. That was a bit of an odd... It was an odd thing to sort of throw in, but it was a very... It did have, I, 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 I actually think I'm probably a bit more higher on this than you are. Um, I thought this was a very good main event. I think I much preferred it to the main event that was on the night before. Um, the only real difference is that there was obviously major implications from the main event from the night before, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I thought this was a more complete match. It's just that the, the um, Archer's 
doing a great job as a sort of a TV world champion. Uh, I think he's doing brilliant. As well, mind. I think a lot of people, you know, saw you know a carrot. He won the title. Like, but the the ex cruiserweight guy. Bear in mind, you know, literally the only thing he did was that cruiserweight classic. That sticks from somehow. Um, I think since he, especially since he won it back from Yearn in Via, he's coming on leaps and bounds. Yeah, Um, I'm. I'm I'm very happy to be proven wrong because I weren't convinced he was going to be any good for it at all. But uh, so yeah, so after the match, uh, um, Gresham did a speech about no, also he's pulled the report up, so he's uh, complaining about no, uh, no, Brayden Tristan for abandoning him, you know, thanking Derek Shelby for letting him do what he does. Sets and then set the match for the day after or late in the evening, for show stopping late this week. Uh, four and four tag, and we pull the lineup up. It's Jonathan Gresham, Rotation, Peach to Honey, and Elia Bloom against uh, Amboss. So that's your main event. And I think when I looked at the Wheel of Wrestling 34 card, it's pretty light. And I would be surprised if that goes anywhere near two hours, just based on the matches on the run times. But if that's dropping in German on Wednesday, the 29th of June, English, they're advertising the 30th. We'll see. Um, in addition to that eight-man tag, we've got Maggot and Sebastian Suave for the shotgun title, and Baby Allison defending women's title against Eva Kalaski, and we said earlier, um, Masha Slamovich and Orchie. So it looks a pretty decent lineup for the second half of those uh, tapings was in Oberhausen a couple weeks back. Yeah, um, and I think uh, these, these the, especially the Oberhausen tapings, are getting... They're a bit more stacked than I ever remember them being. Um, I feel that the the um, the format's working. The we love wrestling format. It is certainly working, and I think. In I mean, I'd still prefer sort of shotgun, but there, there's enough sort of meat on the bones for it to sort of be. The my only problem, I like I, the thing. The thing I loved about this show is that it was so short. It, it was yep. one hour. It was an hour and a half. And it was brilliant. Um, I hope that the next one is about the same length because I just can't stand them when they're nearly three hours long because I just don't have a time for it. As someone who watched a four-hour wrestling show the weekend and didn't love life at the end of it, yeah, keep your wrestling show short. I mean, yeah, there's cases where going long, no suits and old stage AEW last night, they were four hours, had another hour if you watch a pre-show. But yeah, like, the bread and butter shows like this, yeah, two hours they don't need to be three hours long, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, both Wheel of Wrestling 34 Broken Rules upon directorynow.com now. Um, I'll be very interested to see what they do on these shopping the network just because Gresham had that ring one a belt both times, and you know, does a progress precedent come through where bye bye it's left off the show or. Is it be was it was we told of that promo from Tisha in German berating WWE, which not is left on subtitled, which we'll see if anybody actually watches this probably hit upload, but um yeah, I don't think there's any I mean we never do um like announced dates of these. I know uh, WXW stuff is always I'll say about about a week or two, a month or two behind with um a week or two behind, uh, a month or two behind, uh, not on to now for obvious reasons. 
Uh, I mean, ultimately, if if they want to um, cut anything out, it's their decision. It's not WXW's. Yeah, and so. checks on the clears. Yeah, exactly. So, frankly, I don't think they're bothered are they? As long as we get the ambush stuff in, and yeah. Anyway, upcoming events. I've got a few for wrap up. So, obviously, we've got the uh, Wheel of Wrestling 34 already taped. That's dropping. Uh, this coming weekend, July 2nd, it's the final Wrestling Academy show in Essen. Uh, four o'clock bell time. I think still same as that sale of the bits and bobs from the Academy before they move to Gelsenkirchen. Uh, we have some matches for that, and I don't know if this is going to be taped. I'm keeping my fingers crossed it will be just for the sake of it, you know, being the last Academy show. Uh, so we've got uh, Ilya Bloom against Jacob Crane, Guy Glass against Michelle Green, uh, Project Justitia, that's Echo and Kilo against the Poster Boys of Alex Duke and Don Sheen, Kevin Lazar against Zeratus, and Big Nick and Yuval Goldschmidt against Tormento and Fares Aguilar. They're pretty cheatably off in this lineup, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, I don't. looking at the card, I don't think it'll be taped. I think if you'd had... If you'd had Maybe a. I think you could have you could have made an argument for like a you know a, a Norman match on there or sort of sort of a big graduate sort of you know almost like you know and uh, you want the the sort of the stars from who've come up through the academy to sort of be on this show if they was sort of doing it as a proper good boy. I don't really think it's anything like that. I think I don't think this will make tape at all. If we do tape anything, you know, just because the way things work out at the moment, have Trisker chuck it, Ilya Bloom out the door. Or be, <laughs> have that be the farewell, like get out and stay out, like moan sitting Homer. Uh, July 10th, Dwex uh, is going to uh, the student Jenny in Nante, Dwex in the APC, Fight for Paris 2. I've uh, got a few matches now Yearn Sims against Rick Salam, Maggot against Thiago Montero, Robert Trisker against Idol Blanc, and Rotation against Shakira. We're not doing one night turn, so just load of singles matches, and it looks to be a decent lineup just for most four matches alone. Yeah, it'll be like that progress one they do, I think. A bit further ahead, like yeah. A bit further ahead for the Batch Cup in Frankfurt, July 16th. Uh, I think got two matches so far. Um, Jan Simmons and Only Friends against Tristan Archer and Rotten Flot. Plus, Becker's making a debut, taking on Oshie. I think Becker was booked for just before Carrot, remember? I think she was booked for Carrot, wasn't she? No, so she, so it was her and Ava Everett came at the same time. But uh, Beck was only like ever going to be short in like two or three shows at least announced. Then right. she she wrestled for Eve, I want to say. Then she broke, but don't didn't break her arm. Things like a shoulder injury she got in Spain. Yeah, I just curtailed the two straight away, but. Just back in Germany, she's got a bunch of dates in July and August in Europe as well, I believe. I think um I think Wrestle Carnival booked her. Wouldn't not be shocked if like progress and a few others booked her around that time. But it's two matches for FFM. I think that one I don't know if it's I don't think it's sold out, but we've got Maggot and Baby Allison you know, front and center on the poster. And actually something I think we completely forgot from um the reviews since we only went match by match. Um, who's back? Um, well, that's on the next show. Damn it, I spoiled. Well, they, they've got a name and photo all over this, but yeah, Prince of Who will be speaking about next time. Uh, July 17th, Club from Hell from Erfurt, nothing announced yet. Dead End at 2022s in Hamburg at the Grunspan. Uh, Axel Tischer and Caro Noir 2, that's on July 23rd. 
August 6th, backdrop a house and turbine half a shortcut for top. And then August 7th, the debut of the Fight for Heaven tapings in Gelsenkirchen. And we've got some names for this. And when you said the van show, I would pay for this. I would really try to make a trip over this if I could. Alex Kane debuting in Europe the first time. Obviously, yeah. debut is for the first time. Ender Car was back. Orshi, Peach Tahani, Robert Dreisker, Michael Knight, and returning Leon St. Giovanni. And that's like the name town. That's pretty good lineup for whatever this uh, fight forever concept is going to be. Yeah, and obviously you're going to you're going to chuck in domestic guys as well. So I think there's a lot there's a lot of exciting. Um... Yeah, I think there's a lot of exciting prospects to this. To say if it's just sort of B show, sort of almost like a the B matches where it's just like here's another few sort of wins in the column. That's all good stuff. Um, as I, because I, I, I don't know what they're what they're really going to do with it. It's kind of I'm not really sure what to expect. If they're going to continue storylines on Fight Forever, then brilliant. I'm all for that. But if not, um, <laughs> it's just going to be matches, and that's that's also fine. So, what if it's Spiegelabend? Well, that'd be just too. That would be too good to happen. Well, maybe have like you know episode five or something like that. But, but yeah, I mean, say some decent names there. It's going to be on Billy Billy. I think they said YouTube as well for. Yeah, it will like, be YouTube in the Europe. So, yeah, see what comes about. That's August 7th, and I'd guess that'll be... I don't think they've given a date for the debut. I would imagine end of August, early September, get it up and running before um, Tag Festival. But, yeah, that's the only... That's the last thing we've got in the cards until Tag Festival, uh, end of September, start October. The only thing of minor minor importance I can think of is um, Maggot is back in... Sorry, back in progress on the 24th of July. Um, yep, take on Charles uh, May as well talk about since bringing it up I'm, since I'm not going to talk about anything more than that. Well, <laughs> Maggot's doing progress. <laughs> yeah, he went out first round super strong style bats from the network. If you want to watch it, um, yeah, Maggot Charles Crowley because they've done like bizarre French. I mean, hey, Maggot's getting bookings in Europe, in uh, England, great. Um, yeah, and I think keeping on to extra stuff before we wrap up. I was hungry, um, lost in Rev Pro. So they, so no, they beat the Smoking Aces in Southampton. So they finished one and two in their uh, Rev Pro Great British Tag League stuff. Um, and I think from what I saw, I think what Gadge said, they did like a post match pull apart, which suggests it's going to spill into something if they get brought back. But yeah, I mean, the loss they had in London at the start of the month uh, knocked them out of the Great British Tag League. So yeah, but at least we're doing something we at least keep the irons on the fire if they don't want to uh, attempt to push their lines anymore yeah. anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. There's, uh, I think that's kind of it, really, for upcoming things, isn't it? Yeah, and you'll be off to Sweden, so be a couple weeks forward back. I mean, we've got Wheel of Wrestling 34 on Wednesday, and then who knows what comes upon uh, in July, because right now, again, looking at this, it's literally... Fight for Paris on July 10th. So that'll probably be a couple of days after if they release it. Frankfurt, July 16th. So again, that's probably going to be 19th, 20th July. And dead end, the end of July. So probably a few weeks before we're back again, depending on what happens on Wheel of Wrestling 34, if anything else happens. But um, yeah, plenty of stuff to you know to look back on free and on with the rest of now as we head into summer. Yeah, heading into the sort of deep into the summer, and uh, and 
the traditional, I assume there will be the traditional sort of small summer break for WXW. Yeah, I mean, I think looking with dates, it looks like the um, short of the tops, the unofficial stop. Like, there's nothing yeah. main main roster, big air quotes, after rental tag festival. So, unless they announce a bunch of stuff, but to me, I think it would be take off. Oh, uh, you might get fan in September. Yeah, well, that'd be something that needs to be announced pretty quickly. I'd, I'd expect. Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess that's another course. Uh, yeah. A couple of shows going on, but uh, everything you want to plug. I know obviously football season's over, starting again in one a month. Well, um, July is when I start kicking off again. So obviously I'm on the Groundhopper's Guide, which is mine, and Arnold Furious is um, that's our um, our football ground hopping podcast. Uh, so I've got quite a busy July coming up. So probably at some point during July there will be a new one of that. However, you can just catch, you can watch our um, end of season awards slash review of our exploits, and it's about an hour and a half. I think it's about an hour and a half. It's a good long listen. It's a really good fun listen. It always is. It always is, and uh, you get to hear us talk about all sorts of things on that. So that's kind of what I plug. Uh, so it's um, there is a tiny URL that you've made us, which is uh, tinyurl.com forward slash groundhoppers football. Uh, or you just go on YouTube and type in Groundhopper's Guide on and Eddie, and that you can find it that way. I guess I think both of our uh, fixtures for next season just got dropped, and uh, October 29th and March 18th left off the page for obvious reasons for me. Um, Who's that then? Uh, Sunderland, Wade Luton on. So oh. it's home to on March 18th, and at your place on October 29th. Both Saturday games, unless Sky mess around the time slots. So, yeah. Well, it depends if you're in a relegation dogfight, I suppose. <laughs> Speak yourself, mate. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that'll do for another episode. We'll be back some point in July, depending on when stuff drops and if we have another heat wave that melts us. But uh, you can find my stuff. I'm at Ian Wrestling on Twitter, backbodydrop.com for written reviews, phone1mania.com as well. Um, Mike got Mike Kilby on at Mike, Kil- at Mike Kilby on everything basically TikTok as well no doubt I don't have TikTok I have so, Instagram you can follow me there I'll do I'll do for a couple of weeks thanks for joining us guys and we will see you in July cheers see ya.